Hallelujah. If you didn't bring an offering, you can leave that baby up here with me and I'll take it home. Lisa and I always want a little girl, so. Good evening, everybody. Um, uh, I got something we're going to do in a minute. It's going to be exciting. Um, don't forget, Mary Fran will be here January 12th and 13th. Now, the ones of you, how many of you have never been in a meeting? I've asked you this before. Let me tell you something. You, you, you don't want to miss this. I'd rather go see Mary Fran than Jesse Duplantis, Kenneth Copeland, and listen. Yeah, well, they're getting borderline now. But anyway, no, no, I'll tell you something. It'll be a, just some, it's just something you've got to do once in your life. Uh, this woman is an honest-to-God prophet. Please do not worry that she'll expose you. We've had people that didn't come to church when she came because of stuff they were doing, and she won't embarrass you, but she may say something to you and you'll know what she's talking about, but nobody else will. A little boy came in one day, a meeting, and uh, he had robbed a, a convenience store before he came in the meeting. And Mary Fran walked up to him and looked at him and said, what's this about you and your friend running out of that store? She didn't embarrass him and he said, it wasn't my idea, it was his. <laughs> and the little boy told him to go back and get it right, you know, and of course, he knew what she was talking about. He had just robbed it. Um, she's quite the character, um, but she's a precious woman of God. I'll guarantee you, you'll leave. Um, I'm praying that when she comes, there's always miracles. There's, there's always people healed, people, and it's increasing in her. The miraculous is increasing. You know, many of you don't know her story, but her daughter was in a car wreck. And uh, when they found her, her brain was laying in the seat. Now, that's a pretty bad car wreck, isn't it? That you split her head open, her brain was laying in the seat. They picked the brain up and stuffed it back in the head. Well, they didn't figure any big deal. Took her to the hospital, found out she's still alive. Well, the Mary friend got a word from the Lord, and she stood by her and stood on the word of God until I think it was over, over a month, maybe two months later. She came out of a coma totally healed. And, it's, and she's got a book called Walking Through a Miracle. Um, Lisa and I have had the, the privilege of having lunch with Mary Fran and Christina. And um, so, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just something you need to, you know, just put it on your calendar. Don't miss it. You're going to, if you did, you're going to wish you'd been here.
Well, tonight we are going to do something. I know the kids are in here, and I promise you they'll not be bored. Here's why. We're going to talk about prayer. Let me make a statement to you about children. We're going to talk about the Abdullah children um, and their prayer life. Children know God. My daughter, um, when I first got born again, had a friend. And um, Che and Ashley, I think when I got saved, Che was four, Ashley was two. So she couldn't have been more than six at the time that what I'm telling you. One day, a little friend of Che's where we were out playing, and she says, my mama's an alcoholic. My mama is very sad, and um, I'm really worried about my mom. And so Che looked at her and said, well, that's not a big deal. Let's go talk to God about it. And they stopped what they were doing, and I saw them coming in the front door of the apartment. And, and uh, Che and her knelt by the couch and started. There's Che. I didn't know you were here. Che, if, you, you may want to help me tell the story. I don't know if you remember the little girl's name. But, um, but they sat down and, and began to pray over her mom and asked Jesus to save her. And then Che stood up and said, well, that's done. Let's go play. So they took off and went and played. And, you know, I thought that's quite interesting. You know, it's really cute. But Che was serious. That night, when the little girl got home, she was sleeping in bed with her mother and she fell asleep. And the woman was laying in the bed, drunk. And the little girl began to cry in prayer in her sleep, Jesus, save my mom. I get choked up thinking about it. Well, the lady got up from the bed and went in the bathroom, knelt on her knees and bent over the toilet and threw up. And then made an altar out of the toilet and got born again. <laughs> the, next day, the next day, the little girl comes over and screaming, Jesus saved my mama. Amen. And she got gloriously born again and started going to church and delivered. But I'm telling you right now, it's kids, kids understand this. So we're going to talk some about prayer tonight, but I don't want you to think that I'm over their head in any way, shape, or form. No, you're not at all. They get it. As a matter of fact, a lot of things that Jeannie Bowser does in the mobile home park, oh, as she ministers to the kids, the kids go home and pray their parents into the kingdom of God. We're talking about little children. And so, um, so the kids are in here, the youngins. But listen, we're going to talk about prayer tonight in such a way that I think everybody will enjoy it. If you would, get your Bibles out and go to Luke chapter 4. And when I'm talking about, uh, uh, I'm, I'm out to start a prayer revolution because we need to get back to praying. And I made a statement um, in the last few sessions, I'm going to make it again. And I might make it a hundred times before, y'all, before we're done. Um, God does nothing but in answer to prayer. Now, let me say that again. A lot of times people are sitting around waiting on God to do something. But let me ask you, have you prayed about it? Amen. Now, this is a shock in American culture because of our, our, our wrong, wrong Bible teaching. You're just sitting around like, well, God knows what I'm going through. Well, yeah, he does. 
but he said you have not because you ask not. If you're not praying about it, he's not doing anything. It's just, you've got family members who don't know Jesus and you're praying like, oh God, save them. And he doesn't know what, he, he doesn't, he doesn't even understand that kind of praying because he's already saved them. They don't know it. So that's kind of a wrong praying. So we're going to talk tonight about the fact that as you sit here in church the last night of the year, um, wouldn't it be nice if we all started getting the people around us and bringing them to Jesus? Is it that hard? Actually, it's not. It's easier than you think it is because you've got authority over all the work of the enemy. So Luke... um, that was two weeks ago sermon, so I got to flip the page. Luke 4, um, l- listen to this statement. And, and the reason I'm preaching this is because I'm, we, we're going to talk about prayer. But it, it, it's, it's amazing to me how many people will come and talk to me and say, my kids are doing this. My husband is not doing this. My family members, and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, why are you telling me? Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. So I'm going to tell you a story right now, and I don't want any, any Catholics to get offended. You know, in a church like this, you got Catholics and Methodists and Episcopalians, you got everybody. But, you know, being raised non-denominational, you know, I'm not, I wasn't raised in a Catholic church, but I know a lot of people that were. And they tell me stories about going to mass and lighting candles. And, and I learned over time that I don't know whether all Catholics believe this, but some definitely did, that you kind of had to talk to a saint, to talk to Mary, to talk to Jesus, to get to God. You know, am I right about that? Okay. Well, one day I'm driving through a popka and the Lord said to me, you're no different than a Catholic. And he offended me beyond measure. And I don't usually argue with God about him being wrong, but he's definitely wrong. I'm no Catholic. And I told him that. And I, and I, I mean, I hollered in my truck and I said, excuse me. I mean, I was really ticked that he called me a Catholic. I don't, ha- I don't, I don't even have a, a Jesus hanging dead on a cross or I don't even know what all that means. I don't, I, I'm definitely not a Catholic. And so he said to me, he said, well, you're no different than a Catholic. And, and so after I was thoroughly offended, he, he, I, 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 I hollered. I mean, I'm in the truck and I'm praying, but I'm hollering. I said, I do not believe that I got to get to a saint to get to, to, to Mary, to get to Jesus, to get to God. He said, no, but you're teaching them they got to get to you to get to me. I went, ooh. One of the things that preachers have messed up is we've never allowed y'all to mature. We've put ourselves in a position to where if you want healing, you got to come to us. Don't shout me down. I stopped having prayer lines because of this. There's a place for them. Benny Hinn's an evangelist. He's, he's not supposed to be praying for you. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. So I kind of stopped praying for people. And, and, and so I got in my office, and at the time, Barbara Neff was my secretary. And, I, and, and 
she was talking to someone on the phone and she said, pastor, so-and-so called and wants you to pray for her pastor. I said, well, call her back and tell her to pray for her own pastor. And, and Barbara looked at me and says, well, you don't have to be so mean about it. And I said, Barbara, I just got chewed out for that by the head of the church. God don't like it. You're as righteous as Jesus. You have the same anointing. You have the same spirit. You have the same blood washing you. You have the same right in the throne room of God as any man walking this planet. And, and I want to help you to get over your, quote, the, the, your dependency to find somebody. There's nothing wrong with it. Times you're getting what people say, I want you to agree with me in prayer. If you really need it, there's times you just go, I need, I need, some, I need a little bit of help here. This load is a little big for me. Well, get some help in prayer. Don't, don't get in condemnation of what I'm saying. But I mean, you, you, you've got to get over this idea that somebody has a greater inroad to God than you do. They don't. You have the same inroad to God anybody else on this planet has. And I want you to start seeing yourself as someone valuable. You're not a second class. You don't have, you know, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You got, there's not big Holy Ghost, little Holy Ghost. You got the same Holy Ghost. Same greater ones in you. Same blood, same Jesus, same life that raised him from the dead is on the inside of you. So you lacking nothing. Now, you got the same name. So I want to try to teach you because the reason that we need to pray is that you know stuff and you know people. I don't, I don't know them. I don't have the kind of time in my life for you to turn in 1,000 prayer requests and for me to pray over them. And the guy that wanted one million people to pray was looking for a million people on his, his, on his um, website. It just, that's wrong. That's, that's wrong. That's, you don't need a million people praying for you. You just need you praying for you. We just want, if one person can walk in the throne room, God, and get an answer. Okay. So we got to get over all this hype that y'all have learned. And I'm sorry I had to come here to find that out. But stick around. I'll tell you some more. Luke chapter 4. Jesus said when he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read and was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those that are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The same Holy Ghost that came on Jesus and how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went around doing good and healing everybody oppressed of the devil is upon you. Now I want you to pop this on the screen, put, put up Zechariah 4, 6. Let's just read it off the, off the screen. That's all right, we'll give, them a, we'll give Justin a minute. I don't know what it takes to get all that stuff done. And so he answered and said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So let's talk about this for just a second. The church was never supposed to operate without the Holy Ghost. Y'all getting this? Let me say it again. I'm gonna say something again. If you go to a church where the Holy Ghost is not moving, if you got any sense, get out of it. It's not a church. It's, it's, a, it's a country club. I'm sorry. The new birth is supernatural. 
When, 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 um, when God took Jericho, they, they didn't get the, bu- the building squad in there to dynamite buildings. They marched around it and talked to it. Everything that God's ever done in the earth has been supernatural. He, he's not, when, when, when Moses came up to the Red Sea, he didn't get a committee to, to get how many boats they needed. Don't shut me down. The church is a supernatural organization run by the pastor's office is supernatural or he's not a pastor. You can't do this without supernatural. Impossible to do it. There's no way in the world that one man could, could ever even think about helping three, four, five hundred people without God. You, that, that's why young men quit the ministry. They are probably never should have been in it to begin with. But if God is on you, you can do anything. I found myself praying before and I prayed over people in this church and I don't even know what's wrong with you. But I hear myself calling your names in prayer. And, 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 and thank God he didn't tell me what it was because it's probably none of my business. But I do pray for Melanie a lot. No, I'm teasing. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? So the church is supernatural and prayer is supernatural. Um, what's going to take to win this world in the last days is going to be an increase in the anointing of God. There's going to be, it's going to be supernatural or you're not going to get it done. And I'm going to explain to you in a minute that we've been trying to work in the earth without God. You can't do that. You're running around trying to talk to people. Now I'm going to ask you a question. How many times have you sat with someone and talked to them about Jesus and all you got was a blank stare and a whole lot of nothing? All right. Before you attempt it again, pray before you walk in the room. And we're going to talk about that now. We're going to talk about what you're doing and, and what's actually happening here. It's not okay for your relatives to go to hell. It's not okay. Well, that's the choice they made. Stop it. You, if you were dead and on your way to hell, you wouldn't someone say, well, that's just too bad. That's just a choice they made. All right. It's quiet in this Baptist church, but it's okay. <laughs> Acts 2.14, I want to read this because he's talking here about the last day's church. And we're going to see an, an actual increase. Here's why. Because everything that we've done as a church, and I'm not talking about we were to life, I'm talking about the church universal, has been a flat failure. We're building big buildings and ain't nobody getting changed. I mean, there's a few people getting saved and we brag about numbers and they go out and they're no more mature. Most of them don't last. Most of them don't live right. That's about the best we've been able to pull off. I'm going to tell you something, when you, when you watch someone get born again and come in off the street and, 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 they, and, they, and I've had them do this, so if you haven't done it yet, you don't have to, but they'll tithe their marijuana. They just put it in the offering and uh, they'll say, well, I'm done with this and I don't need it either. <laughs> I know y'all, y'all don't believe that, but it, it, it happens, you know, it just... I want to give it to God. Well, he don't want it. 
do what I did with it, just throw it away and pour the beer out and throw the playboys away and just start serving God. Amen. Well, you watch God, you watch God change your life, you know that person got saved. Some, that person got born again. That person got right with God. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for, for changed lives. You want your, your children on fire for God. You want your husband on fire for God. You want your wife on fire for God. And tonight we're going to learn how to do it. And, I'm, and I want everybody to say that it's not hard. It is not hard. It's actually very easy. So, so in Acts 2, it says, it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And on my maid servants, my men servants, maid servants, I'm going to pour out my spirit and they will prophesy and show wonders in heaven and signs in the earth. You're going to start seeing a greater increase of people coming to Jesus and getting on fire for God and operating under the anointing of God. You're going to see a lot more of it. You're going to see the church is actually in a great divide right now. It's not hard to tell who is and who isn't, but it won't be long that you'll start seeing the, the church that, that just literally climb in the darkness and become so bright and so full of life that the world will look around and go, my God, they got the answer. As a matter of fact, if you're walking around happy right now, you're weird. I've got a new word for us straight people, happy. You can't say gay anymore. They messed that word up. That's actually a good word. They're trying to be. You know, if you really want to mess up somebody, just be full of joy. Because they don't know what in the world to do with you. All right. Okay. Um, Boy, I don't have time to get into all this. Genuine move of the Spirit is what's going to take uh, to get people free. Number one prior to the church, the priority of the church is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, not just born again. Okay, go to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. This is where I want to go. And I want you to see this. And we're going to, because I'm leading up to a prayer meeting in a minute. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. Well, you're not getting out of here tonight with just sitting and staring at me any longer. That, that, those days are over. You're going to actually get involved, and if you're not comfortable in a prayer meeting, you're one of the people I'm fixing to talk about. You have a devil. Now, that doesn't, don't get ashamed, just take authority over and get him off you. All right, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4. well, verse 3, it says, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, let's go down a list. I don't have my list anymore. I had it on another piece of paper. When you see depression, when you see anxiety, when you see apathy, when you see anger, stubbornness, rebellion, or I don't want to hear, you are talking to a person who is bound by Satan. Are y'all, did you get that? Yes. Now, before we get going here, let's don't act like you've never had a problem with the devil. I have. You know the funny thing about when you're dealing with the devil? One of the last things that comes to your mind is that you're dealing with the devil. It just doesn't register. What, like, just, uh, it wasn't long ago, um, I just had a day, uh, not a day, but just a short time that I'm just, I was fighting depression. I was dealing with something, 
and, and I was dealing with, you can't do it. That's not going to work. Um, and it just, I, I, it just didn't dawn on me that I'm in a spiritual fight. Have y'all ever done that? You just kind of, and I'm trying to figure it out in my head. And all of a sudden I'm getting to the place where I'm like, well, I, I don't even want to read my Bible and I don't want to pray. I, I just, and I, I don't, and I thought to myself, what, what's wrong with me? Let me tell you something, nothing. And I know that I'm going to set you free because you've been in places where you're just in a battle and there, and, and you, you've lost your joy. You've lost your peace. You're full of doubt. Your brain is full of all kinds of junk. Come on, get honest. Quit running around pretending like you're holy all the time. You're not. You got immoral thoughts running through your head. You're angry and you're just, and you're just like, what in the world happened here? I mean, I, I didn't, you don't really realize that you're in the presence of a spirit. And I don't know what I did. I, I was just in the room and I just thought I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and the Holy Ghost made a statement to me about just, you know, it just gave me a scripture that says in everything, give thanks. That's that still small voice inside of me. And I just began to pray in the Holy Ghost and I didn't feel like, pray. I really didn't want to pray. I just didn't want to read my Bible. I just wanted to be mad. Yet it's not natural for Christians to be mad. And, 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 and through it, um, I picked up an article and, 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 and this preacher began to talk about a spiritual battle he had been in. And I went, Shazam, Shandai. And I just stopped and went, Satan, stop it. And I just started quoting the word of God. God did not give me a spirit of fear, but power of love and a sound mind. Glory be to God. Jesus is Lord. I plead the blood. And it wasn't but like a minute later, I just felt like I stepped out into the daylight out of a fog. I'm trying to help us. And then the Lord began to deal with me and he said, he said this, he said, you've got people around you that don't know how to do that. Now, see, I'm a Christian. I love God. I deal with spirits. What are we doing when our family members are dealing with them and we're just leaving them alone and letting them go? We're not even walking up and going, that's the devil. And don't say it because all they're going to do is get mad at you. Just deal with it and, re and deal with the spirit and get them free. If you're in here tonight, I'm going to say something to you. If you're born again, you're the righteousness of God. If you're dealing with sin, it's a spirit. Resist him and tell him to get off you. Say, I'm, sin has no dominion over me. Leave me and get off me. Now, when we're getting, when, now listen, this is all, he, when Jesus said in Mark 16, go into all the world and these signs will follow those that, that believe in my name, the first thing, cast out devils. He's not talking about you going in as a Catholic priest and doing an exorcist over a girl floating in, in, in a room, making a movie. He's, he's not, that happens, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the fact that while you're on the earth, you're the light, you're in a world full of darkness, and there's these little 
twerpy little devils are screwing up all kinds of stuff around you and he wants you to have enough sense to walk up and go, you know what, just let me, just come over here. I'm going to lay my, I'm going to pray for you. By God, that's just the devil. That's all that is. That's all that is. You don't need to be super spiritual. Just grab him by the hand and say, come on, let's, let's pray. And, and in other words, help them to resist the devil and get free so they can think for a minute. Oh my God, yeah, that's, whew. think about that. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear. You can't produce fear. Not out of your spirit. So it has to be coming from the outside, right? You can't produce lust. Well, if you look at a woman that looks over, listen, listen, listen. You're a new creation. You can't produce it. You can yield to it. But it's a spirit. Just tell the spirit, get out of here in Jesus' name. You, you, you are given a supernatural ability to deal with this. And I'm talking about you and I praying tonight over family members who Satan has bound and he doesn't have a legal right to take them down. You can stop it. I mean, it's just that simple. Just get off of them in Jesus' name and you're not going to hinder them. And I, and I forbid it. I had a boss one time. Boy, he had an anger problem. I mean, he's always mad. I, I, I want to get him my doll one day. I'm just, you know. <laughs> and one day he was just ranting about something stupid. And I just walked over under my breath and I said, Satan, shut up in Jesus' name. And he stopped like he hit a wall. And then I walked over to the other guy and I said, I bound the devil. And he heard me. And he got mad again. This, was, this time it was flesh. Who do you think you are, man? I said, well, it worked for one. It worked the first time. I should have kept my mouth shut and we'd have had a good day. But listen, we're around this stuff all the time. And it's time for you and I to start learning that when your kids don't want to read the Bible, why don't you get the devil off of them? When your kids don't want to go to church, when you see stubbornness and rebellion, why don't you deal with the spirit? You get off my kids. That's my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. Boy, you'd be surprised how many people we've seen just, just come out of it. It's like the chains fall off them and they go, wow, I guess I really don't have to do drugs. <laughs> Turn to Luke 10 in your Bible. I'm going to read that and then I'm going to read a little story. Is this all right? What, what I'm doing tonight is this, I, I, I want so much, I want so much for you guys to enjoy your life and I, and I realize the biggest issues you deal with are at home, I realize that, and family members. And some of you have great moms and dads that love Jesus and some of you don't. Some of you are married to your husband and both of your wife, you love Jesus, man, you, you ought to thank God. But I'm going to tell you something, we all have relatives and we've seen them do things and, 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 and talking to them. Don't get mad at me. They're not listening. I mean, they're just looking at you going, I'm going to hell, so what? You're like, really? No big deal? Never mind. Don't leave them like that. That's not funny. 
All right, I'm going to read a scripture to you, Luke. You know, when, when everywhere Jesus went, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power and went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed by who? The devil. If, if, you, if it ain't in heaven and, and you're seeing it in this earth, you're, you're dealing with the devil. Now, now I know that people say, well, you, this, this preacher down there in Apopka is always talking about the devil. So Norval Hayes, one time, Someone said to him, they said, Norval, do you still believe that there's a devil under every bush? He said, no, I don't believe that anymore. He said, what do you believe now? He says, I believe there's two devils under every bush. <laughs> now, you're, you're around them all the time whether you know it or not. And you thought it was just flesh or personality now, I'm not making fun, but when a man takes the personality of a female, that's, that's a spirit. I'm not making fun. If he wants to be free, and I watched the thing on YouTube the other day where there's a whole bunch of people, uh, former homosexuals that got born again, marching the streets, talking about how the blood of Jesus set them free. And thank God, thank God. But you have to first recognize that you're bound by the devil. And if Jesus went around casting devils out of everybody, how many do you think there are in people today? There's a lot. The America, where, you know, we think it's in South America, or Africa. It's in Africa. Oh, no, it's right here, honey. A lot in Washington, D.C. I mean, I think that place is just full of devils. And so, and so very often... You know, you're dealing with things like stubbornness and rebellion. Rebellion is a spirit. I don't believe in Jesus anymore. I'm fixing to anoint you with oil, darling. I'm going to pray over you real good. Shondai, hallelujah. I got to tell you a story right now, and I've told it before, but it's so funny. It has nothing to do with my sermon, but it's just funny. I was in GNC one day, and there's this kid in there. And I, I don't know, I didn't watch Harry Potter because good Christians don't watch satanic movies. I said good ones. I didn't say Christians. I said good ones. Don't watch Harry Potter. If you did, go home and throw it out. It's trash. You don't need to talk about the devil. And I don't know. What's this? I'm ignorant. I'm honest to God. Don't know squat about the devil. But this kid goes, what's now the ones of you that, well, you don't want to tell me now because of what I said. <laughs> but this kid was putting some Harry Potter hoobie-jubie on me. This little kid about this big, and his mama was getting vitamins, and he comes up and he starts doing this. So I walked up to him and I said, Shanda, and I'm just praying in tongues over him and bind the devil. And he's doing the, the, the Harry Potter thing, and I'm doing the Jesus thing, and his mama thinks it's cute. <laughs> it's in, in, in him and I, this is serious. I'm going to get the devil out of you, boy, right here in GNC. And she's over there going, oh, that kid. I'm like, shut up in the name of Jesus. Come out, you foul devil. He's going, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what. She's over there getting some vitamin and going, oh, that cute. I thought, I'm going to pray for you next lady. You, you messed up as a kid. <laughs> One thing, if you get full of the Holy Ghost, you're bold. If you're not, just get full of God. You don't, when you're drunk, you don't care what nobody thinks. 
Some of y'all don't have any idea what I just said, and the Bevel boys do. <laughs> I'm teasing. I don't know whether Mama's back there going, I know what you're talking about. Now, look at this scripture real quick. Let's look at this. Luke 10, 17. The 70 returned with joy and said, even demons are subject to us in your name. And he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample serpents and scorpions and all of the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Yeah, let understand this. You have, a, you have the glory of God around you. The devil cannot cross the bloodline. Don't worry about a demon coming out and getting in you. You ain't getting no demon because someone cast it out. Now, if you're not saved and someone casts it out, you might want to get concerned. Because they're looking for someone to devour. It's just not going to be you. Now, I, I got a book, and I, and I love books like this. And I don't know whether we have any there. But after I tell you about books, everybody wants to buy them. You ought to get this book. This book was written by a man that went to China in the early 1900s. And his name was Mr. Baker. And after he, he, he got over into Tibet, came back to the U.S., he, uh, got, he was a denominational minister, got filled with the Holy Ghost, and then went back to China and went into a town. And when he got this town, it was the worst town in China. Uh, can you imagine the worst town in China? We think China's bad, the worst. A lot of beggars, a lot of thieving, a lot of immorality in this town. And there was a lot of kids on the street, so he started an orphanage, and he would pick up street kids and take them home and feed them and clothe them and bathe them and start taking care of them and put them through school. Well, during that time, the Holy Ghost, he started teaching these kids how to pray. Started, he got like 20 of them born again, and then at a prayer meeting one morning, the Holy Ghost fell. In the prayer meeting, honest to God, real life, move of God. These kids prayed all day, all night, and some of them prayed for over a week. They saw heaven. They saw hell. They, uh, Jesus taught them the Bible. They started going out in the street and preaching under the anointing of God. And it's a power, and it's a true story, and it's about these, these street kids. And so uh, the, the book, I just love books like this. Because it shows you what can happen if you just believe God. But anyway, I wanted to show you something about Satan's kingdom. Um, uh, in the Abdullah rescue home, we had a young girl who was evidently open to demon activity. She said before coming that she was subject to fits or spells of unconsciousness. That's a devil. Uh, see, we want, we want to name stuff. Do you ever notice Jesus didn't put names on devils? There's, that's leukemia. That's a devil. Well, that's cancer. That's a devil. Well, that's epilepsy. That's a devil. Well, that's just a bad kid. That's a devil. <laughs> Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. See, if we just come back to the Bible, it would straighten a lot of stuff out. You get a kid full of God, he ain't going to act like, it. he ain't going to be ugly. A short time after she arrived, she and some young girls went to walk outside the city. On the way back, 
One of the new girls, who was half blind and somewhat slow, lingered behind and lost her way. The older girl, having gone to find the one that was lost, returning home with her and saw three demons before. Now, the kids, the Lord started showing them angels. Angels would come into the room while they were praying, and then they started seeing demons, and the Holy Ghost showed them they got authority over them, and they would run the devils out. They got to where they weren't afraid of dark. They weren't afraid of death. They got the, he, Jesus delivered these kids from fear. Amen. It was just powerful, powerful time. They got to where they see a devil, they just walk up. Yeah, get out of here in the name of Jesus. You know. Now, the, now the Mr. and Ms. Baker never saw the angels or the devils. Only the kids did. Okay, so I thought I'd tell you that. The older girl, having gone to find the lost one, returned home with her and saw demons. One was tall as a door, accompanied by two others, about the size of a boy, 12 years old. All the demons were dark in appearance, with big eyes, awful faces. Two smaller demons, apparently subject to the large one, obeyed and followed him. The girl was frightened at what she saw. The large demon coming near seized her by her head, and she became dizzy, almost unconscious, and could barely walk. She could hardly see the street and had to be led home by the other girl. Upon reaching home, she was better for a while, and a little while later, while they were at supper, someone came in and said the afflicted girl was in her room unconscious. We found her prostrate on the floor, breathing like she was asleep, but no one could wake her up. After praying for her, we assembled in the regular evening prayer room. Soon the girl came in perfectly well. Now listen to me. We're not talking about extended, wild, shouting, screaming. Come on, don't shout me down. I think I saw Tanya out there a while ago. If you want to learn about how to deal with the devil, watch police. A policeman doesn't need to scream at you to give you a ticket. I had a man one time, I was driving up to Mount Dora, and I haven't done this in a long time. I was coming over the hill about 70, and he picked me up on the radar and kindly pulled me over. Didn't ask me how fast I was going because most people lie anyway. Was I speeding? <laughs> yes. So he said, you know, you know, you're doing 70. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, the speed limit here is 55. He said, yes, sir. And so, you know, he, he walked back and got his ticket book. And he was, he was so nice. He wrote me a ticket. A very kind man. He gave me a share revenue coupon to help the police department out. The wonderful gift of $200. But, you know, after that, I walked away and I thought, now, he didn't really have to jump and holler. All he had to do is go, <laughs> I'm fixing to give you a ticket. See, I'm trying to help you. You just walk up and go, devil, come out. You know, I come out and I come over here and preach. I'm just trying to help y'all. If you have authority, use it. So if you shoot someone with a gun, you don't have to hit them. Bam! Boom, boom, boom. Let the bullet do it. I'm trying to help us. Why doesn't the name work without you helping it? All right. Hey, it is good. Um, so so don't, make, don't make prayer for people. You, you don't have to embarrass yourself in the office. If you're in an office setting and people around praying, you can grab someone's hand and pray without going Pentecostal on them. 
Listen. There's nothing in the Bible that says volume cast out devils. I cast a devil out of a girl one time that I went into an apartment and she was in there and uh, I, I probably should have used a lot more wisdom. But anyway, I was working in an apartment and I lived here in Orlando and I just moved here and, and I was talking, I turned to her and I said something to her. I don't know. I get into talk about Jesus every time I meet anybody. It just every subject leads to Jesus. Okay. How's your day? It's, this is the day the Lord has made. I mean, I do it. I do it. I do it. I'm terrible. Well, she says, I, I can't be saved. I said, what do you mean you can't be saved? She said, no. She said, um, I've done every bad thing. I said, oh, oh, come on. She said, no. She said, uh, it was one of my dad's friends accosted me, and he raped me, and, uh, and I killed him. She says, nobody knows of this day until I just told you, but, you know, um, she says, um, I do drugs, I smoke, I do crack, I'm a prostitute, and I murder people. I can't be saved. And I said, yeah, well, actually, Paul got saved. He didn't do crack, but, you know. <laughs> Unless there's kosher marijuana, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, I got her born again, and she got back and messed up with the devil. She went to Calvary in short shorts and a halter top, and they wouldn't let her in. So she came back and she was just mad as a hotcake. They wouldn't let her in church. I said, well, you might want to put on some clothes. You don't look like you're going to church to me. And so, um, so, I, I, said, she, so I said, I'm going to pray for you. And, and a man spoke to me out of her. Don't you touch us. Us? Us? How many of y'all are there? And then this male voice said, we will kill you. Well, I reached up and I said, I don't die. Mm -hmm. I was crucified with Christ. And I grabbed her by the head and cast the devil out of her. No, I didn't have to go. I just come out in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Got her set free from the devil and said, let me, let me tell you something, sweetheart. You stop playing with the devil. Mm -hmm. You stop this mess. So, have a long story short. You know, I could tell you stories. I've had people slither up to me in South America on their belly doing this. See, I don't have... <laughs> you see them coming down the aisle and they're on their belly and you're going how are they doing that I mean I know their belly is not and they're, they're actually m m slithering I was in a meeting one time with Sandy Brown and this person falls out in the power and then they start manifesting I thought I want to cast that out so bad and Sandy Brown looked around and saw it and walked over there smiled and just said Come out in Jesus' name, you foul devil, and set her free. Kenny, do you remember when, was it David Sims' wife? Do you remember that when she manifest in church the first time she came? And we cast the devil out of her right in the church service. I told God, I said, boy, this, you know, this, people need to see this. And I just walked back there, and I mean, I'm preaching, and the anointing got strong. She starts screaming. Ah! And I went, ah! A devil. <laughs> I walked back there and I says, come out here, honey. Come out. And she's like, don't touch me. I said, come out here. And I got her by the hand. I said, say Jesus. She wouldn't say it. I just said, Satan, get off of her in Jesus' name, you foul devil. Now, let me tell you something. Even the madman of Gadara 
had enough sense to come to Jesus. They're not so far gone. They don't know right from wrong. So anyway, she knew what she was doing when she came to church. But this thing manifested. And she had been involved with uh, alternate lifestyle and the whole nine yards. And so I just cast it out of her. And, when she, and then laid hands on her. She went out in the power. And, and, I, and she's laying in the floor, shaking violently. And I just walked over and laid hands on her and said, stop. Don't let, them, don't let them throw up. I don't know where people read, you got to let a devil throw up. Why would you want to ruin your carpet? And so when they go, you go stop, not here, go home and do that. You don't do it here. And I just said, now I'm going to get you filled. Got her filled with the Holy Ghost. And she's laying there speaking in tongues and full of the glory of God. It's just beautiful. And I mean, I didn't run around, jump up and down on top of her and cast it. Thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm. I thought that'd help y'all out a little bit. You could actually be, and I'm not saying that you don't use authority. There's a time when you need to get tough with the devil. You just do. My, my sister Nancy, uh, I went over to her house after she moved up here. Mark had, had gone to jail, her husband. And um, I, I, I went in the room and Brooke, her daughter, bit her tongue and spit in my face. You know, Nancy and Mark did a lot of drugs before they got saved. And, I, and, and Brooke had a demon in her, two, year, two years old. You might say, well, what'd she do wrong? Nothing. Somebody opened up a, dev, opened up a door somewhere. Yeah. And so when you see a kid growl at you, that's not normal. There's no milk that bad. There's no milk that bad. <laughs> and so on purpose, she bit her own tongue. <clears throat> you know you're dealing with a devil. I grabbed her by the head and cast it out. So when I got home that night, Nancy called me and said it didn't work. And I said, don't tell me it didn't work. Don't you, don't you side in with the devil. I told it to leave, and that's all we're going to talk about. Do you understand me? I said, go, and it goes. Do you get it, Nancy? I mean, she's baby Christian. And um, so it wasn't long. I mean, now, matter of fact, we're going to be going up there. Brooke is opening a bridal store. Uh, just beautiful girl. Um, been here before, but she was totally healed of severe retardation. And so having said all of that, so, you, you know, you, everybody, if you're born again, you've got authority over the devil. He has, he has no authority over you and he's ruling and reigning illegally until someone makes him quit. The church is like policemen. When you see someone doing something, I don't care if you're at Walmart, just say something right, Satan, stop it. In Jesus' name, stop it. Own the room. Don't allow stuff to manifest around you, especially with your kids. Sometimes they don't need the name of Jesus. Sometimes they need a, just a little swift. Now, why do we do that? Now, let's get serious for a minute. Are you going to sit a two-year-old and go, Let's talk about resisting the devil. And the kid goes, what? You say, well, let me help you with this. If you do that again, I'll tear you up. So the devil comes along and says, do it again. And they go, uh-uh. <laughs> and they'll carry it in their teenage years if you do it right. It's not anger. Are you all out there? Did you go home? 
Now, all you people that are older, you understand what I just said. But younger people are like, that's child abuse. Put them in the corner. With the devil? <laughs> so they can sit over there and hate your guts in the corner? Don't get me going. Time out. Say football, darling. Hit them. No, never mind. <laughs> hey, listen, y'all don't have to come back until next year. She said that what seemed to be, oh, anyway, she came down perfectly well, and she said she seemed to be bound by chains and dragged by demons further and further down a dark road all the, while, all the time. She was silently praying, and then she realized that the Lord had set her free, and she was able to rise. What happened to her? Well, she was in the room bound by devils. They walked in there and laid hands on her and stopped it, and the devils had to go. And a little girl got free. There's nothing crazy wild about this. They just prayed for her and the devil took his hands off of her and she got free. Now that doesn't mean that they're not going to teach her right from wrong and to mind and don't open the door to the devil. Are y'all out there? Okay. All right. At once she became conscious. Her mind was clear. She sat on the bed in the room. She saw three demons that she met on the street, but she felt no fear. She knew the Lord was conqueror, and accordingly, she drove the devils out of the room in the name of Jesus. As they reluctantly receded step by step, she followed them in the name of Jesus till she drove them down the walk and a large Chinese door at the entrance of her compounds, and, and et cetera, and she never had any more fits or spells. All right, I got one more really short story. While some of the children were having a blessed time in the spirit, others went to sleep when they tried to pray. Don't shout me down. You ever been sitting in your room like, I know I should be praying, but. <laughs> Honey, I'm just tired. I wonder why it is that every time you pick up your Bible, you just. <sighs> it's not a sleeping pill, it's a Bible. <laughs> I know there's faith is a rest, but not every time you read it. Others went to sleep when they tried to pray. Those under the anointing often saw demons laying by the drowsy ones that couldn't pray through. They saw demons coming through the windows and doors. When you see people who, are, who sit in a church service, now, now don't, don't become judgmental. Don't become Pharisees now. You're watching them in church and everybody's worshiping God and they're about there doing this. Don't be ugly. Just under your breath go, Satan, get off of them. Now, they don't even know why they're that way. Don't you become haughty or God will stop using you. You just take authority over that and go, you get off of that man in the name of Jesus. He came in here because he's wanting help. He, he doesn't know what he's dealing with. And you see kids are like, well, I don't want to go to church anymore. No, Really? All right. Hallelujah. Come here. Give me your hand. Let's pray. I don't want to pray. Well, I'm going to pray. Father God, right now, set them free. I plead the blood over this child in the name of Jesus. Satan, leave them alone. Get off them. But Father God, I thank you that he who began a good work in them will complete it to the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for the anointing of God. And I give you glory and honor. Now look at me and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me. Amen. Don't, get, don't, don't, don't go nuts. Now, let's talk about your relatives now. Let's talk about people who are not saved. People that are not saved, 
The Bible says the God of the world blinded them. That means they're headed to hell and they can't see. They don't see it. They don't, know, they don't even understand it. They, you talk about church, they're going, oh, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. Now that's, I want you to imagine going to hell and there's a book that will keep you from it and you've never picked it up. That's insanity. And you know that the only place that will help you and you won't go there. You, you, somebody's got you messed up. Now that doesn't, now those people, Jesus loves them. He died for them. Somebody has got to get in there and pray. So let's come back to me for a minute. That was me. My mother came to me and told me she got saved. You know what that meant to me? Nothing. I don't know what she's talking about. She said, I met Jesus. I, I thought, well, I believe in God. None of it made any sense to me. But she in Virginia started to pray over me. God Open his eyes. Now, I'm going to give you another scripture because we're going to pray in just a minute and then we'll turn you loose and let you have a, I guess there's food out there for you. In order for a person to get saved, they've got to hear the gospel and understand it. Y'all get it? They're not going to get saved just because you pray. They're going, God is going to, Saul needed Paul needed somebody to come along and preach the gospel to him. When Cornelius prayed, God sent Peter. Listen to me. When you're gonna, when you pray, don't tell God how to do it. He, you don't. He knows your relatives better than you do. Amen. He knows what they listen to and who they listen to and who they won't listen to. And most of the time, they ain't listening to you. So you got to find somebody they think is smart. Or know something. And he will bring them or it, TV show, movie, book, something, somebody's going to cross their path and present them with the gospel. And they're going to hear it and go, oh. All right, now let's come back to me for a minute. My mother prayed for me and God knew what it was going to take to get me. When I walked in that crusade that night, now you understand, now some of y'all don't understand this, but some of you do. When, when, when you live a life of drag racing, I had a Super Sport 396 with a 780 dual line Holly and a 410 positive traction, and it was 12 second street legal car. Drank beer, raised hell, ran around with the outlaw gang, and I met Christians, and I didn't like any of them. Because all they did was tell me, you're going to hell, boy. And I just avoided Christians because they always wanted me to cut my hair. God knew it would fall out. Leave my hair alone. <laughs> why, see, why would anybody want me to go cut my hair when I'm going to hell? Let me go to hell with my hair on my head. You dummy. Anyway, so I wasn't too thrilled with Christians. Now, my mother started praying, and she got the bright idea. She gave me a book and said, I'll give you $20 to read it. And I went, I'll, I'll, I'll read it for $20. I need, $20 is a fourth of my paycheck. Thank you. So I read the book, and it was called King's Kid by Harold Hill. And the only thing I remember about the book is that somehow or another, this man had a relationship with God, and I had never heard anybody say that. 
I just thought it was you went to church and you promised God to be a good person. That's Christian. That's, that's what I thought Christianity was. And I already knew I ain't going to be able to do that. There's no way in the world I could live this life. I mean, that's crazy. And anyway, I had more adjectives in my vocabulary than I did English. Everything was a <laughs> something. And you know, you just don't stop cussing because you go to church. You can for a little while. If I didn't say anything, I'd quit cussing. But if I said anything, it's just going to come out. Smoking three packs of non-filter camels every day. Smoking marijuana, drinking beer, raising hell. Um, hunting without a license 12 months a year. <laughs> and everything I wanted in the store that I didn't have money for, I just took it. Now, you understand, that's... That's, that's not a person who's just going to walk up to a Billy Graham crew saying, you know, just as I am and come forward. So there's going to be a little bit more to get this boy. So my mother drags me to the crusade. And the way that I went was that I realized that she's going on penny beer night. So she's going to get me to underground. Yay. Mom's smart. That's the only reason I went to the crusade was go to underground Atlanta. I got my own plans here. I'll put up with mama's quartet for a few minutes, but I'm going underground Atlanta. So in the crusade, there's a man praying for kids. Now I had had, I took Taekwondo for years, pulled a muscle in my neck, cut off the oxygen of my brain, had headaches all the time. If you have headaches all the time, it gets old. And because I smoked non-camel, non-filter camels, my sinuses ran all the time. I walked around the ball jar spitting in it all the time, all the time. 22 years of age, sick as hell and miserable. And I walk in this crusade and this man prays for a kid who's deaf and dumb. And this kid, and this kid heard for the first time in his life and it scared him because you don't hear it. He's never heard noise. So Ernest Angley prays for him. He goes, if y'all have ever heard Ernest Angley. This kid heard noise and it backed up. It scared that kid. And he's watching the crowd and he heard noises. And I knew as a sinner, that's God. That's God. And so I prayed. If you'll do that for him, do that for me because I sure hurt. Well, that's when I got in a battle with the devil. And the devil said to me, if you get healed, you got to stand up in front of all these people and you'd be embarrassed. And I decided that I didn't want to be embarrassed in front of 5,000 people. And then the Lord spoke to me. Now, I didn't know it was the Lord. He said, you're the weirdest dude in the building. You're sitting here with hair to your shoulders, a beard to your belly, blue jeans with holes in the knees. I was cool then. <laughs> that wasn't cool then to run around with your jeans falling off you. It's not cool now, but nobody knows it. He just have not figured out that that's not cool. But. So, so the Lord said to me, you're the weirdest dude in the building. When did you start worrying about what people think? And I'm sitting there and this, this person, I don't know who this is talking to me, but somebody's praying for me. My mother in Virginia, mom's on one side, Virginia's on the other. They're, they're praying me in the kingdom. I'm sitting here going, where was I going to go with a mom praying to heaven? That's the only thing going to happen to me. And so I bowed my head and I made a deal with God. You don't want to do that. 
I said, I'll make you a deal. You heal me, then I'll get up and go down. I said, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. If you heal me, I'll stand up and shout praise God. I don't care what anybody says. And Ernest Angley stopped preaching and pointed at me and said, thus says the Lord, there's a young man. And, and I'm thinking, who told him that is none of his business? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. This is all new to me. And then it dawned on my lightning fast mind, maybe God did. So I jumped up and just said, praise the Lord. Holy Ghost hit me and, and like somebody poured hot molasses all over my head. I stood there and shook. I didn't even know nothing about no Pentecostalism. But I mean, the anointing is so strong on me and somebody's poured molasses all over my body and I'm standing there just hot. And, and I could have talked in tongues and didn't know it. And I went down front and I prayed a sinner's prayer. God, if I go to hell, it'll be your fault. Because I don't know nothing about nothing. Of course, I went through the normal, I'm a sinner and all that stuff. Went home that night and rolled a joint to be sick. But how all that happened, because now my mama decided to pray for me because I was the worst kid. There's a benefit to being bad. The other family members were kind of almost saved. They're so nice. But I wasn't. I was a hell-raising kid. Got kicked out of the city and... The, and we used to, we used to, the cops would run, we'd drag race at night and they'd get behind us and we'd hide in the car lots. That's when a cop's looking for you and you pull in a car lot and you're parked. Just wash your car before you go drag racing. <laughs> and then we'd come home and the cops would ride by and say, have y'all seen anybody out here drag racing? No, sir. Never mind. There was a man across the street, had a truck, said, rolling for Jesus. And every Sunday morning he'd play gospel music. When you've been out partying all night, the last thing you want to hear is, I have a friend in Jesus Sunday morning. <laughs> and he'd come out and say, I'm praying for y'all's salvation. And we'd tell him what we thought of him. But someone prayed for me. My mother told me, she says, I'm going to pray you in. You're going to be a preacher. And I went, right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of happened, didn't it? When my mother decided that she's going to get a hold of God, and after I got saved, she says, Nancy's next. And I said, that'll be a, that'll be a miracle. Nancy came in, then she started praying for Robin. Robin came to Jesus. And right before she died, she looked at me, she said, I'm going home to be with Jesus. Ronnie's on your shoulders. And she left. Are you all out there? I want to do something right now. I want to take the next 10 minutes of this service, and I want us to have a prayer meeting. And, and, and I'm not, it's, it's not easy to do now because you guys have gotten so accustomed to being entertained. You're not a, you've never learned to be a part of the service. You just sit, and if someone's not talking, you don't know what to do. You might need prayer. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. If you've lost the fire of God, you've been dealing with spirits. Just resist them. Just plead the blood. Tell him to leave you alone. Get off you in Jesus' name. But as I'm talking, every one of us have got family members. And some of you are here because your parents prayed. Do you know anybody like that, Zach? That's you. How about you, Amber? His parents prayed for me. His parents prayed for you. 
I'm going to tell on Amber. Amber came to me and she said, I'm quite the handful. I said, well, you're nothing God can't fit. And she's turned out to be one sweet girl. But when she first came to this church, she was a little bit of a handful. <laughs> so was Zach. Karen Brown was never a handful. Yeah, she was too. I used to look at Karen and go, really? Well, she has turned out to be such a woman of God. I am so proud of this girl. I mean, she was just mild, like vanilla. No nuts or nothing, just mild. She's turned out to be quite a little fireball. And we're not going to talk about Kenny. Kenny was a hippie when he came. Did y'all know that he had hair too? Who am I missing in here? Melanie, she's been a, she came out of her mother talking in tongues. She don't know nothing about no sin. She's been a Christian all her life. She don't know anything about new creation in Christ. Amen. There's a lot of people that are in this church that came walking through the door and got born again and thank God for them. But all of us have family members and I want to do something because we're starting a new year. Would you agree with me this is the year they're coming in? Why don't we take it upon ourselves to pick out the people we know that God's put in our lives? Let's pray them out of darkness into the kingdom. Let's just don't let people, let's just stop letting people go to hell around us. At work, when I've been at work, I've led almost everybody I've ever worked with. I have led them to the Lord. I mean, you work with them all day. You're, you're with them all the time. You might as well use that time to talk. And I'd go, and I'd lunch, I'd pray for them. And I found, can I tell you one more story? There was a, a young black man named Omar Walker. And when I met him, he, he wasn't in the Black Panthers, but they were his friends. And he hated white folks. Oh, my God, he hated white people. And God puts me on a crew with this guy. They threw mud on my boots. I mean, they just, I'm a white guy on an all-black crew. Tell me how that works. And it was tough. And uh, they decided I was going to pay for every boat trip over here. I mean, they just messed with me all the time, always doing stuff, taking my clothes. I'd lay a coat down, they'd put it on. Just always cracking jokes, stuff that you wouldn't want to say in church. Well, I began to pray for Omar and Twig and Bird. They all have names. They don't, they don't mind. I don't know their real names. But I began to pray for them. And I remember the day that Omar walked up to me. And I'd been working with them about a year. And he pulled up a concrete block and sat down. He said, Morgan, what you got? I said, Omar, what do you mean what I got? He said, man, let me tell you something. We give you hell. And you don't rattle. He said, you got something and I want it. That's testimony. I said, do you know what I got? He said, yeah. I said, you ready to get right with God? He said, yeah. How's that for working with people? When Omar died, him and Brenda were pastoring a church in Claremont. Former, former Black Panther. Pastoring a church. Preaching the gospel. Came over to mine and Lisa's house. Got him filled with the Holy Ghost. Him and I did missions trips to the Bahamas together. And we became very good friends. But it was Jesus. 
But I'm going to tell you something. When you let, when you, when you work, when people work with you, it ain't long. They'll figure out whether you're the real deal or not. And they see something in you and go, well, I don't know what it is you got, but I want that. He said, you got something in you, and I want what you got in you. I don't, I don't know if it's Jesus. I just know what you got. I want that. Because, because you don't rattle. And you love us no matter what. They can see it. People can see it. Now, I've worked with a lot of people who didn't get saved. I won't tell you that everybody I, got, I worked with got saved. They did not. But almost everybody I've ever worked with either got mad or born again. <laughs> Are you all ready? How are we doing for time? Wow, I'm at past time. I'm going to start off in prayer. I'm going to ask you, you do not have to, don't, don't just listen to me. Please take this time, take them before God, realize, deal with the devil, tell him to get off their life, ask God to send someone across their path, pray the prayers in Ephesians over them. I didn't have time to get into that tonight. We'll get into that next, next Wednesday night. Pray the prayer of Ephesians over them. Ask God to open up their heart and their understanding so they can understand what you're saying. Give them a hunger to want to know. Are you all ready? Heavenly Father, I've done, the, I've done what I believe you asked me to do tonight in this place. Being the last night of the year, and I'm, I'm asking you, Father, for this church, to, for you to begin to raise us up and learn how to pray people out of darkness into light. You told us in the word of God, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You aren't talking to just Benny Hinn, Father. You're talking to us. You're talking about us going into our workplaces and our families. And we've all got family members right now that, that are not where they need to be. And so I plead the blood of Jesus over my family, over all of my family members. Y'all can call their name if you want to. That over all of my family members in Jesus' name that right now are not walking with God. And I Satan, get off of them. And you're not going to stop them from hearing the gospel and understanding it and coming out of that darkness. Satan, you don't have the authority to do that. I'm telling you, you got to get off of them. Now, Father God, I'm asking you to send a labor across your path. You said no man comes to the Father, but the Father drawing. Now, you know who needs to hear. You said in Romans um, 10, 17, how can they hear without a preacher? And how can a preacher go unless he's sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. There's somebody they will listen to. There's somebody that will listen to my brother. There's somebody that will listen to my family members. There's somebody that will listen to them, Father. And Father, I pray right now, whether it's a video or a movie or a family or somebody at work, bring them into their work, set them right down in front of them, and don't let them turn loose of them until they get them saved, until they bring them out of darkness and the light and come out of that. Satan, I don't care who you think you are. You're not too big. You're not so big and powerful. You can bind somebody when we have prayed for them. Now, Father God, we give you glory and honor. Thank you. Just get them in your mind right now. Just get them in your mind. Just start praying over them. Apathy, you get off of them. Get off of them. Get off of them. Jesus' name. You leave them alone. No, we're not having that. I'm not having that. Not in my home, not in my family. Not my kids, not my grandkids, not my sisters, not their husbands. We're not having apathy. We're not having, we're not having darkness. We're not having that. Not in the Morgan home, not in the Morgan family. We're not having any. They're, they're, they're going to hear and understand the gospel. Jesus is Lord. Father, I pray over the president of the United States. You said pray over the president and all those that are in authority. 
that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. I pray over this nation. I pray over this. This nation needs the gospel again. We need an honest to God move of God. We're not talking about just churchianity. I'm talking about a move of God like Elijah and the prophets. We need a move of God in this nation where the preachers are preaching under the anointing and people are being healed and people are being saved and people are being delivered by the anointing. Hospitals, people are going to hospitals and preaching and people are getting healed. They're coming to churches and and getting delivered of sin in Jesus' name. You said, just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Jesus, you said in the word, as the Father sent me, send I you. No difference, no difference. Same anointing, same spirit, same message. Father God, thank you that the gospel, you said they'll know the truth. And the truth has set them free. I pray truth over my in-laws. I pray truth over my family. Right now in the name of Jesus. That the light of the gospel would shine under their hearts. And we give you glory and honor. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to tell you one more story before we close and go eat. I, I was talking to a girl one day, was a leasing agent, and um, I just said to the Lord, I said, give me an opportunity to share Jesus with this girl, Heavenly Father. That's all I said. And she walks into my, she just walks right in and to the office and she goes, where do you go to church? I said, that's pretty fast. Don't, don't think that if you're not praying hours, you're not doing any good. I think it's better to pray like we just prayed off and on during the day. I'll walk by somebody in the, in, in the, in the convenience store and I'll go, Father, is there anybody praying for that man right there? My God. Father, if they're not, I just ask you to send somebody. I'll, I'll do it. But if not, I pray somebody will, will come talk to him about Jesus. Don't let this man die. I've prayed, I prayed for people who are dying. I said, don't you let them die. If they're not ready to go, don't you let this man die until he hears the gospel. There was a man called me one day on the phone, and he was supposed to come out to my house and work. And he said, I won't be able to come. I was building a log cabin. And he says, I won't be able to come work. My dad's in the hospital dying. I said, is he Christian? He goes, well, I, I hope so. I don't know. I said, how long have you been going to church? He goes, well, 20 years. I said, do you not know when someone's saved? He said, well, I hope he is. I said, hey, no, son, no, don't, don't, don't tell me that. You've been in church for 20 years, and you have no idea if your dad is a Christian. He said, well, he believes in God. I said, hey, Satan believes in God, son. I said, don't you even come work on my cabin today. And I sat down, and, and I read John 3, 16, 17, 18, 9, 20 to him. I told him, people don't go to hell for sinning. I said, I want you to walk in that hospital room get him saved. He said, okay, I'll do that. I said, go, you read the scriptures to him, and then you pray with him. Whether he wants to or not, you pray with him. And I said, and while you're in it, just lay hands on him and pray for his healing. Mm -hmm. He said, okay, I'll do that. A week later, I talked to him, and I said, how's your dad? He goes, well, you're not going to believe it. I said, try me. He said, I went in there, and he prayed the sinner's prayer, and he got up the next day and went home. I said, well, glory to God. Got saved and healed all in one prayer when you didn't even know what you're doing. Imagine what would happen if you knew what you were doing. 
I said all that because don't, I don't want you to walk out here and think you've got to have these elaborate. I love prayer meetings where we come in and pray because we get a lot done. But don't think that just stopping for a few minutes and praying over somebody is not effective. It's very effective. Amen? So how many of y'all with a show of hands have got family members you prayed for tonight? I want to see. All right, let's say this together. Father, they're coming in. In Jesus' name. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. He told you, you've got authority over all the work of the enemy. Don't you let them go to hell. And talk to them like, like they understand you. Just say, I ain't letting you go to hell. I ain't going to hell. You're right, you ain't. I'm in agreement with that in Jesus' name. I talk to unbelievers like they're Christians. I said, you know the Bible's right. You say, I don't go to church. I said, yeah, you do. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Why do you say that? Because I said so. <laughs> it's amazing to watch them come around. Watch them start smiling, get full of joy, get humble, get full of peace. It's a beautiful sight to watch a man get delivered by the power of God. Father God, thank you for the food tonight. I'm going to ask you to bless our fellowship in Jesus' name. You got anything you need to say? We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.